0: Thinking of starting a side hustle or a freelance business, but you're nervous that you're not going to make enough every month? I got the cure for that. Welcome so back, in my inbox, besties, in besties, box Kate besties, Kate Dalster here of I creator
1: of the Love Your List email marketing mega experience, which is opening, guys,
0: March 21st. You want to get in on
1: benefits. this round of a Love Your you List. 2.0, you guys? guys, kind of so head on over your to loveyourlist.co to get on the
0: wait list for your course. You're going to get a bonus lesson in the copywriting course, and it is just... Oh, it's fantastic. We actually yeah, just let's welcomed get to in a whole bunch of new students for our pre-launch sale that wrapped up yesterday. And as y'all can tell, I actually have laryngitis. My voice sounds like this, but do not worry. Today is actually an interview with one of my Love Your List students, Rita Esther. And Rita Esther is absolutely amazing. There's nothing that this woman can't do. She is a graphic designer and she sort of built something from one random comment in a Facebook group into a business that supports her and her family. And it is just an absolutely fantastic story. And everything that Rita shares in this episode today is all very doable. She's not going to tell you to invest in a lot of Facebook ads or to hustle people down in like DMs or anything like that. It is probably one of the most I don't want to say kind and caring, but one of almost the easiest sort of ways to get clients. And it's a being of service. And I know that if you guys are in Box Bestie, you are very, very sort of heart forward in your thinking and you want to be able to serve. And so, Rita's methods for getting clients, for being able to pay your own bills consistently every month are just. they're just genius, even though, like I said, they're simple, but they're so effective. So we're going to go without further ado straight on over to our interview. So you do not have to hear me and hopefully next week when I'm back in your ear holes, I won't sound like this.
1: All right, guys, and let's welcome Rita Esther. Oh, I love Rita so much. She's so talented in basically everything that she does. Like, let's just be real, guys. So this conversation might take a couple of twists and turns, but they're all going to be amazing. So, Rita, is there anything else that you want our inbox besties to know about you?
2: Well, um, I am super, super like a tomboy, and a lot of people don't know that about me because I don't particularly look like one but I love to get dirty. I love to go camping in the woods, like not at a campground. I love to work on cars, ride motorcycles, the whole nine yards.
1: Oh, I absolutely love that. And I have to say, before we hit record, I was like, Rita, you look so nice for this interview. Meanwhile, I look like, you know, the entrepreneurial sweatsuit land over here. (laughs) So this tomboy cleans out very nice. So I would love to know a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey before we get started talking about freelancing. Is this something that like You've always had that neat thing like, screw the man, I don't want to work for anybody. Buy my stickers for a dollar. Or did you just sort of fall into this? I would love to know your entrepreneurial origin story. Kind of
2: both, actually. Um, Most of my family does own their own business. My grandfather owned a tune-up shop. My dad owned um, convenience stores back in the 70s and 80s. My uncle owns a Harley Davidson shop. So it's kind of in the family. But I always worked... Within their businesses, and then whenever I got older and became an adult, I worked—you know—for a company. I worked for someone else, but I always like just wanted to do things on the side. So um, it's kind of, I guess, in my blood. But then in 2013, like a major life event happened in my life. My son got in a really bad accident, and we were—he was in the ICU for months and months. So it really changed my work dynamic and that made me really think about, okay, do I want to continue this life path that I'm on or is it time for me to do something you know, for myself and that way I'm able to spend more time with my family and my kids.
1: I absolutely love that. That was, you know, out of all the guests we've had, I feel like family has been probably everyone's biggest motivator. It's family and freedom to Mm -hmm. just be able to like, you know, if I want to go to the kids' school in the middle of the day because they're having a little play, I can. Or in your case, you kind of, you had to be there. Like, not that everyone wants a tragedy to happen, but... So we're going to talk today about actually starting your own freelance business. So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone, I know that you're you're probably booked up. Sorry, guys. Rita books up like <laughs> ridiculously fast for her graphic design. But I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the current business that you're running. I know that you're also starting to help you know other freelancers build up their business. But what actually, if somebody wanted to give you monies today, Rita, how could they hire you for doing what?
2: Sure. Okay. So my RitaEster.com business helps people with branding, marketing, and design. And I'm really kind of a holistic approach to it. A lot of designers and web developers and that sort of thing, they only do coding or they only do the graphics or they only do social media. Whereas I really love to to take care of. All of it, you know, it's all encompassing. So, if someone were to hire me because they're launching a course, I want to help them design the course. I want to help them do all of their um, email marketing. That you know, create their social media game plan, the social media graphics. So, it's just kind of like an all-in-one except for copy. That is definitely my weakness. (laughs) But other than that, I love to just take on all of it. So that's my favorite way to work with people. Um, people do hire me just to do sales pages, which is probably my second favorite thing to do because I love sales pages. Um, but yeah, just graphics, marketing design. It just kind of evolved over time. I started out doing just Facebook ad graphics was kind of where I got my foot in the door. And as much as I love marketing, it just kind of evolved from there. But yeah, total, um, one-stop shop except for coffee or photography.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. Or photography. So you said that you started with Facebook ad graphics. How did, how did that start? Like did your business sort of start as a side hustle you were freelancing? Or was it just like your child is in an accident? You're like, I got to get out, burning all my bridges, just jumping in.
2: Well, before my son got in an accident, actually, I was already kind of looking into how to make money online. I was already disenfranchised very much with the career that, Path that I was on, and I was in a lot of Facebook groups with entrepreneurs, and just you know soaking up the information. So this one girl, um, she was like, "I'm just really struggling with my graphics for my Facebook ads," and she posted a picture of what she was currently going with, and it was so bad, like it was so bad. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, you know, messaged her, and this is back in what 2014, I think, or 13. And I messaged her like, hey, I will fix this for you if you can just give me a testimonial because I'm trying to, whatever. And she loved it. And then she ended up hiring me for $50 an ad to do like four or five of them. And I mean, now I charge like $250 for it, but I was so excited to get that, you know, $50. And so once I had that one little win, then I started like posting everywhere, like I can help you with your Facebook ads. And so if you look at my portfolio, like there's this huge section with just Facebook ads, because that's kind of how I got started. And the next huge section is logos, because then one of my Facebook ad clients started a new program and he wanted a logo for that program. So that's my first logo Then I started like, you know, in all the Facebook groups, Hey, you know, somebody's looking for a logo. I'm like, I can help you. I can help you. And it just kind of grew from
1: there. Now in your previous job, were you also doing graphic design? Cause I mean, 2013, 14, that's like Pre Canva, wasn't it? Like, I'm like, oh my goodness. I hate
2: Canva. I seriously hate Canva. (laughs) I use Photoshop for everything. Um, But yeah, I did do um, with my previous job. My official title was general manager. But I worked my way up. I started out as a sales rep, and then I was the sales trainer, then I was the marketing director, and then I was the whatever. Anyway, my um, career path, the arc that it took, started out with just. Being a salesperson, but I've always loved graphic design. And as I moved into the management position, I mean, the marketing position within that company, I started designing like our um, banners for our home shows, our flyers for our contests, the posters for whatever it was a direct sales company. So, like the posters for whatever we were promoting or the trips that we were taking. And then I started doing our videos, I created our website. So, I got to like practice all of these skills. While on salary, so the, by the time I was ready to transition to an online, you know, space, I'd already been doing it for a while. So yeah, I already had that experience and um, lots of practice, and so that really helped me a lot with, um, you know, transition because the online world is way different than corporate, like way. And so like I was very like if you look at my first designs in my in my business, it was very stuffy because I was very like corporate, but um, now not so much. <laughs> we always evolve.
1: Yeah, we we always evolve. And we were talking about that before we hit record on the microphone as well. I'm sure we're going to have Rita back, guys. I'm just saying, because y'all know I can bleed the alphabet for you, but I cannot design anything. I'm a Canva hero through and through. So we'll definitely have Rita come back to talk more about visuals. But I really wanted to kind of keep him in the series that we've been doing here in 2019. And I know... A lot of you might have been thinking that you want to do a side hustle or maybe you're kind of like myself or we're doing it in reverse where it's like, well, I've got like all these courses and all these systems set up. I'm kind of bored. So why don't I actually do like some freelance work to kind of keep my brain nice and tight? So I love that you're, you know, just coming on here to talk about all this and I really appreciate it. So what you were saying is that I guess my question would be, how did you at first manage To do both your corporate job and this freelance, or was it like the freelance you just considered it like you know it's just like a side hustle since you're already kind of good at graphics, didn't take a lot of time. Like, how would like time management wise did you sort of do
2: this? Well, it it was um, a little tricky. Not gonna lie,
1: I would watch
2: like seriously, I would watch podcasts or I'm not podcasts webinars pretty much every lunch break. I would go to the Starbucks around the corner from the office. And order a little sandwich or whatever and a coffee and watch webinars like how to grow your business kind of webinars I would do client communications. This is so horrible But I would do it on the clock like I would mm-hmm. check my business email on the clock and so I'd be like duh, 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 duh. Yes, I'll have that to you by in the morning and then as soon as I got off work I would go home grab something to eat and do my client work You know, like I would have supper and then the two hours between supper and bedtime was client work. So I seriously I hustled my butt off that first year Whenever I was still at my corporate and I call it a nine to five, but really I worked probably 60, 70 hours a week in that job. So there was a lot of work with that. But like I said, I took care of a lot of the communications during the day, um, continuing like webinars and stuff like that on my lunch break. And then in the evening was deliverables. And then I would send that email. There's a um, thing called boomerang with Gmail where you can send an email, at like 10 o'clock at night, schedule it to where it looks like they get it at nine o'clock the next day. And so I made it like appear that I was full-time in my business before I actually was. And that continued for about a year. Then whenever I quit my full-time job that had been there for 12 years, I was completely on my own for about three months before my savings dried up. And then I took like a bridge job where I worked part-time in the same industry that I had been in for so long and I only worked part-time for about six months. And that really helped my mindset to know that if nothing else, this part-time gig is enough to at least cover my rent and my cell phone. And if my freelance clients can cover the rest, I don't have to go into my savings anymore. And that I think really that is what propelled that full-time mentality because having that, that safety net of that bridge job I knew that it was okay if I didn't get clients every single day. I didn't have to hustle as hard. I was able to focus on delivering better work instead of stressing so much about money.
1: Oh, there's so, so much. I absolutely love about that statement. And I think probably the one thing I love the most is actually talking about that bridge to job. I feel like a lot of us feel like as soon as they jump off the cliff, like it's this forever. And then just like you were saying, you kind of have that reeking of desperation, which means you're always hustling. You're not necessarily delivering for your own clients. So, I love it. And I always tell a lot of people when they come to me, they're like, oh, I need to make like a thousand dollars. And the next week, how would you have me do it? And I'm like, go drive Uber. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, I'm like, if you've got no, no assets going for you right now, like that's do what it. you to do. So I think- Clean say- houses,
2: babysit, mow grass, whatever it takes, money is money.
1: Exactly. And I love how, I always consider it a different revenue source. Because you know they I always tell you? I know you've heard this. How it's like, you need to have like seven or nine different income streams. I'm like, consider your part-time job, your income stream. I walked over to your laptop. How many times are I see open? One, two, 27. And let's be real, you're probably listening to this podcast with one earbud in and you're driving or doing the dishes, but secretly you're mapping out your next new course, which will definitely propel you to six figures and beyond. Unlike those eight other half finished stinker courses that are just clogging up your hard drive on your computer, those things are going nowhere. But then you remember you haven't actually done a blog post in like two months, so you should probably do that, but your traffic's like five, so that really doesn't matter that much, especially since you're now getting the red arrow of death from your Facebook business page. So clearly you now need to do a live, but you've got to clean up the house and make sure that the kids aren't around and get that done. So then maybe you'll go back to the course, but then I don't know about the blog post, but like it's really going to be that effective. And then you just get so frazzled and so overwhelmed, they just like, screw it, I'm watching the Gilmore Girls again. Hashtag team Jess forever. The problem is that you're trying to run your business from a pretty notebook that you got from Target that you've lost and the scrap pieces of paper that you now use to kind of make up for it, which have a never I need to do list that never gets done because you're so scattered. So what you need is a simple system that was created for somebody like you, an uber passionate, super scattered, shiny object prone creative entrepreneur with a passion for business, but organization's not really your strong point. Created by somebody who actually gets it. The most anti-Type-A personality that there is, me. What you need is Trailing for Traffic. trawling for Traffic is literally your business in a box. See, unlike that pretty notebook that we still can't find, trailer for Traffic actually comes with boards and workflows that you can use to run your business. I'm talking about breaking down everything into the nitty grittiest smallest parts so nothing slips through the cracks everything from what you need to do when with a mega launch to how to use pinterest without actually having to pay for a scheduler and of course my favorite how to plan out your quarter week and day because If I'm looking at everything in my week, I'm gonna skip around. That's why my day board is my favorite. Now, to get your hands on all of these 22 boards and 15 workflows, which have been called life-changing by not one, but several of the 100 students that invested in this course the first three days it was open. Craziness, right? Head on over to trellingfortraffic.com. That's trellingfortraffic.com. And guys, I didn't even tell you the best part. It's only 24 bucks. Isn't your sanity worth 24 bucks? Especially when I'll give you that recognition and revenue that your business deserves. So head on over to Trelloingfortraffic.com right now. And for some people, not so much anymore, but back in the day, you usually could kind of get health insurance through that part-time job too. So that's another big thing that I'm sure if we have time to talk about at the very end, we'll talk about like health insurance. Now we're both in the United States guys. So wherever you're listening from, i be a little bit different here, but we're kind of on our own. <laughs> and when a lot of people try to take that jump into freelancership, if you will. That's kind of one of the big things holding them back. So I'll definitely mention that as well. But I just, I love how you were structuring your day. You were actually talking to your clients, boomerang guys. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. i definitely have boomeranged people. I'm like, they can't know that I'm up at 2am and it didn't necessarily last forever. So you mentioned when we first, first started about how you got started in like Facebook ad graphics. So is that how you would get a lot of your clients was through Facebook ads or did that one person like refer you out? How did we actually start getting some clients? If we're like, you know what? I'm actually going to try this freelancing thing, whether it's a side gig or I'm going whole hog in, what do we do?
2: Well, to be very honest, I have not spent very much on Facebook ads at all when it comes to my business. And I believe in Facebook ads. I love Facebook ads, but for my personal business, I just haven't needed to spend the money. I find my very best clients in Facebook groups and from referrals. And it's super easy to find people who are looking for me. I mean, there's literally millions of people in Facebook groups. And they will say, oh my God, please help. I need a logo tomorrow. And you know, those people who are just like desperate to hire somebody, if they see that you have at least halfway decent work, you're in, you got it. And that's really how I got from, you know, one or two clients a month to just book solid was networking in Facebook groups, looking for people who were looking for me and having decent work to show. You don't even have to be great, like decent work to show. And it just goes from there. And then a lot of referrals. And to be very honest, a lot of repeat clients. I have people that come to me over and over and over again. And that is it's free. You do good work once and you have good communications. You deliver when you say you're going to deliver and you do the best that you can do. And you give them a VIP experience. They're going to come back over and over and over again. And I, this sounds like like back ass words, I guess, but I love it when somebody's worked with me for a couple of months and they're like, you know, Rita, we just really need to take a break. I'm going to go with, you know, somebody else for this. And I'm like, Oh, that's fine, girl. Just come back when you're ready. And literally two weeks later, they're like, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I have you in my life because they were so terrible. And in my mind, I'm like, I know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they, they start to kind of, you know, take you for granted a little bit till they go find somebody else. And they always come back. If you do a good job and you treat your people well, you will have customers for life.
1: Oh, I, have, oh, I, I love all of that. Um, Kendrick Nope, y'all know that I'm a fan of Kendrick Nope. And one of her little creeds is do the common things uncommonly well. So it sounds like when you are getting ready to go into the freelance world, you know, did you actually have like, you know, automation set up in place to help people out or just like in your head, like you almost had like a head Trello board, if you will. That's like, okay, you're just kind of keeping this in there. Like how did you sort of organize those first kind of ad hoc clients?
2: Oh my gosh. I was was not organized at all. It was all (laughs) over the place. It was a hot mess. And um, what really made the big difference for my business that made the leap from whatever, just getting started to really getting clients and being consistent and having that client experience was I joined a mastermind program and that was part of that program, was learning how to set it up to where if somebody finds your website, they're able to get in touch with you and schedule a call with you and all of this is done automatically so that way you're not having to do it manually every single time. That made a big difference. Having standard operating procedures, like this is what happens when somebody sends you money. Then you, you know, send them the welcome email and let them know what to expect. And I love Loom. I've got that from you actually, where I create like a Loom video just for that. like, hey, you know, Kate, welcome on board. This is what you can expect. This is how I like to communicate, et cetera, et cetera. But none of that came naturally for me or automatically. It was all very awkward and very all over the place. But yeah, The longer you do it, the easier it gets. So that's the good news. And also, if you're just like super transparent, like I'm always transparent with my clients and I say, hey, this is um, the first time that I've used XYZ software, or this is the first time I've created a membership site for someone, so bear with me while I learn this platform. I'm super nerdy, I'm super techie, I know I'll get it, but you know, we may have some little hiccups and that's going to be okay because it's a learning experience for me and you get a discount. Um, you know, for me learning that sort of thing, but, um, I think just being super transparent, first of all is huge, but then second of all, do have those automations in place and you know, it's perfectly okay to need help and ask for help and pay for the help for someone who's already been there and done that. And that made all the difference in my business.
1: I wholeheartedly agree. Again, can y'all tell that Rita and I chatted before we hit record. And that was the same thing that we were just talking about, about always constantly pushing ourselves and being in masterminds. And like both of us, like we still invest in course. Rita's actually a student of mine over in Love Your List. Like you need to constantly be learning. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. Everyone has a coach, guys. Everyone yeah. takes courses. Everyone yeah. reads books. Like Russell Brunson didn't just stop reading books. No. Hit like 10 million a, a month, y'all. Like he keeps going. That's like the well, look, look
2: at like okay. I always say like football. Drew Brees is has broken every single record I think there is. Okay, and I'm from Louisiana. He's from Louisiana, so whatever. We have a thing. But <laughs> if Drew Brees, like the number one football guy in my generation, has multiple coaches, if he has multiple coaches, I should at least have one, right? That's how I look at it.
1: That, that's, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Now, guys, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. My knowledge of sports is like the Garfunkel and Oates song, Sports Go Sports. I got none. None whatsoever. But I just, I love that analogy that we can always get better. But the important thing, guys, here is to remember, like even though like we both value education, we value doing what the education said. Rita actually implemented the systems that she learned in that course. She just didn't let it collect digi dust. And that's really important. You learn, you do, you mm-hmm. learn, you do not just learn, 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 learn,
0: <laughs> learn,
1: <laughs> And then on the flip side of that, like one of my biggest
2: pet peeves in the online, like coaching space is the people who just teach fluff. They recycle, you know, they buy some like white, what do you call it? White label program. And they put their label on it and they call it a coaching program, but it's all fluff and it's all busy work. Like you really need to like investigate who you're, Buying coaching from like Kate has and her program is like do this, okay, and now do that, and then post feed, you know, post it in the group so we can get feedback. That makes a huge difference because I have paid a thousand dollars for a course that's useless, virtually useless, except for the community, maybe because I get clients in there. But um, <laughs> as far as like the content is just fluff and busy work, and I hate it. Like that's such a big pet peeve of mine.
1: Oh, so, so much, guys. So I want to talk about the P word and Rita has a free gift guys, y'all to help you out with this P word, but that is pricing. So now that we realize, like you said, you go and you be a person where your people are hanging out. Now it's not up to Kate and Rita to find out where your people are hanging out. Cause not everyone is hanging out on Facebookers. Y'all need to you're got to help meet us halfway here. Again, learn, do, learn, do, but how do you handle pricing? And you definitely have a free gift that's going to help us out about it, but let us know like, where should we start pricing land wise? Like how did you figure out fifty dollars for that first Facebook ad graphic? Did she tell you or did you just kind of pull it? I just made something up, to be honest with <laughs> <laughs> you.
2: What I've learned over the course of time, and this is in that freebie that I've created, is that I am no more good. Okay, so this is like full time in my business. I do not create any good work after about four billable hours a day. Now, when I was still in my um, full-time job before, I would give myself probably about two billable hours a day that I could produce good work. Anything more than that, I'm overwhelmed, I'm, I'm stressed out, I'm frustrated, my work suffers, it's not good. So there is a, um, a little worksheet in that freebie that like shows you how to calculate what your hourly rate should be if you are charging by the hour. And I highly recommend figuring out about how long your normal Um, your most, uh, most common things that you sell, how long it takes for you to create them and create a price just for that package. So I know that it takes me about 40 hours to make a website and I price that accordingly just as a package. That way I'm not billing by the hour for every project, but it really is up to you and your lifestyle. You know, I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The cost of living is different here than if you live in San Francisco. You know, I can make $5,000 a month and I am doing better than 90% of the people in this town. Whereas if that were San Francisco, I would be poor. So it really depends on where you live and your lifestyle.
1: Oh, I love that so much. So do you think that people should start doing some work for free kind of like you did, or do you think they should go in with charging? What do you think is like the best way to handle pricing?
2: I think the best way to handle it is whatever's going to move you forward. If that means doing something for free, just you can get a testimonial, do it. If that means doing something for cheap, just so you can at least say you have money, like you actually receive income for doing what you want to do, then do it. But then always, always, always be upping your price, charging that next level. I started out at 20 to 25 an hour, and then I went to 35 an hour, and that was scary. And then I went to 40 an hour, and that was scary. And then I went to 50 an hour, and that was scary. And now I'm at 75 an hour looking to raise it again, and it, it's just all been in little increments, but every time I get a new client, they, they're at a higher price point, you know, and it's super easy to change my website to say from 65 an hour to 75 an hour or whatever it is. So just always keep increasing and it's, it's supply and demand. Once you get overpriced, you won't have as many clients and you'll know it. And if you have so many clients that you're just way too booked up, then, you know, it's time to raise your prices.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Amen am into that one. So I know that we were, we're chatting before we hit record, but if we wanted to deal with a little bit of like crabby clients. So could you go into a little bit just because some people, again, this year in inbox besties, we are trying to attack a little bit of those mindset issues that can keep people from actually hitting go. So how do you deal with actual clients? And don't worry guys, because we have two freebies for you. And one yeah. of them is going to tell you how to actually get people to say yes to you in the first place. Cause I know you're like, well, how do I get them to say yes? You don't get them to. They realize they want you. But what happens if a, a bad apple gets through our, our sieve?
2: You know, I really feel like it's all in relationships. And you know, we're all adults, and you can have relationships with friends, or with boyfriends or girlfriends, or whatever, with your boss. It, it's all relationships. And if a relationship isn't working, like you're an adult, just say, "Hey, this isn't working out." And I love you, and I only wish the best for you, but. Um, this just isn't like this working relationship just isn't working for me and, you know, put it back on yourself because you don't want to be abrasive and you don't want to, you know, piss people off, but if you can just like, give your own reasons, you know, like I just love your project, but I don't have the time that your project needs to devote to it, but I can refer you to someone else. And if they're just like a nightmare and you don't want to refer them to someone else, which in all these years, I've only had one that's like really been a nightmare Then I just say, you know, my business is moving in a different direction, or just something like that, to where they don't feel attacked. But it's perfectly fine to say, this just isn't working for me. And your clients will do the same thing to you, where they say, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, hey, Reed, I just, you know, really want to try something else or whatever. Don't get butt hurt over it because it's just part of evolving and part of growing. And, you know, we're all grown ups. Just say, okay, well, that's cool. And if they, if you're firing a client or it's just not working or you need to establish boundaries and they get upset, that's on them. Like the same thing is if you were, you know, in a relationship with your best friend or your boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever, and you say, Hey, this thing that you're doing just isn't working. If they get bent out of shape, then that's on them. You know, if I say, honey, you leave in your shoes in the living room really bothers me, because I trip over them. And I'm tired of picking them up. And if he like flew off the handle, like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, what's your problem, dude? That's not my problem. So how they react isn't your problem as long as you approach it respectfully and with open communication and keep in mind, like these people have feelings too and and don't attack them. Don't come about it abrasively. Just say, this isn't working for me. Not, hey, you're such a jerk. I can't stand dealing with you. You know, that's not (laughs) the If you say, you know, I just love, I love your project or I love your mission. Like genuinely say something positive about it. I love your branding. I love your something, but this isn't working for me. And then move on.
1: And give them the steps. I absolutely love this. And this is why I think it comes back to, you know, if you do decide that you want to do freelancing and you're one of my side hustle people, having that other revenue source being that bridge job can really give you that mental space of not allowing people to kind of walk all over you. Cause I feel like when you're first starting your freelance business, you can take a lot of stuff. You tend to undercharge your stuff and then you become resentful and then you get behind or then you have to take more clients to kind of make up for it. So even if you just kind of need that little extra added security until you kind of get over that hump, then I just think it's wonderful. Now you have an amazing free gift about creating consistent cash flow. So I'd love for you to go and tell us about that and anything else, any other parting words that you have for someone who's starting a freelance business or maybe they're in it right now, but they're just, it's always feast or famine with them, and they're just kind of sick of it.
2: Yes. Yeah, so my creating cash flow, a consistent cash flow freebie, is all about you know instead of having that feast and famine and riding that roller coaster, which is horrible, just to have that that at least you know and I'm not going to lie, I'm very like I said transparent with everything. Some months are better than others, but I always know that I have enough consistent cash flow to at least make my bills. If nothing else, my bills are taken care of. And that's done with retainer clients. And so if, if you don't have retainer clients right now and you're a freelancer, whether you are just getting started or you're established, get some. It's super easy. I kind of go through it in my consistent cash flow freebie, which you can find at breakup with my boss forward slash CCF for consistent cash flow. But really, retainer clients make my business so much easier because I know that I know that I know I've got at least 2500 dollars every month at the beginning of the month, it's there. And anything else than that is yap. So if I get another website client to do, that's $2,500, yap. If I get a logo, that's another $700. But I know, worst case scenario, I can make my bills. So I really believe that retainer clients are the key to that. And again, going back to what I said earlier, doing good work, delivering good product, and consistent communications, is what's going to lead you to get those, uh, the retainer clients. Without that, nobody's going to want to come back to you again and again. I have retained, I was looking at something earlier. Mm -hmm. One of my retainer clients has been with me now for two years, two years, (laughs) every month on the first $500, bam, every month, bam. Don't have to even ask her anymore. It's just there. And it's great. I bet you that's her favorite expense too—the Rita bill. Not pay that Rita bill. Oh, she'll, she'll send me a text on like the twenty-eighth of the month before, like, "Hey, Rita, can you go ahead and send that invoice? I want to pay you early."
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Don't you just love that when we're sending you like, I want to give you money, just take more of it. Now, Rita, I know that you have your freelance business, you've got these amazing free gifts. Um, Are you still taking one-on-one clients? Because I know that we were chatting about earlier, how you were considering about almost sort of like mentoring people who are freelancers. Maybe they don't know how to quite word that, you know, how do I ask somebody to be a retainer client? Or, oh my goodness, Rita, like this client is really annoying me, but like, what do I say anything? Because... We all agree sometimes you need someone else in your corner. So can you tell us a little bit about that? If people want to get in contact with you or have a chemistry call? Sure. Um, yes, I am um
2: starting to coach other freelancers into you know getting their business more solidified and more profitable. You can go to breakupwithmyboss.com forward slash breakthrough to book a strategy call, a breakthrough call with me to you know get through any of those hurdles. And I am offering one-on-one coaching for freelancers. And this is only for people who are already making a little bit of money. Like if you're still at the idea phase, then I'm probably not who to talk to because I'm not good at like nailing down what your idea. But if you have, um, you know, you, you have a skill and you have an, you know, you do have that idea and you're already making a little bit of money. I'm really good at propelling you to that next step to get those clients and, you know, to, to hone down like what to say on a sales call or how to structure your uh, emails and your communications and your project management and you know a million other things that go along with you know growing your freelance business
1: I have to say every time that I've taken the plunge and invested in coaching in particular, no offense to courses, I do love coaching uh, courses, but coaching in particular, I always find that like my return is always like immediate, mm-hmm. like almost that same month. Sometimes before even the credit card bill comes from the other one, cause I charge everything to my business card for the points, which is like, Ooh, like, cause you've got somebody kind of pushing you and not letting you chicken out. I feel like that's really the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what and my client, like, I'll let them chicken out. Same here. Every
2: time my business has taken a big leap is because I've invested in coaching. Like every single time I invest in coaching, it pays for itself within the first month or two. Always. Yeah,
1: it doesn't I mean it's not scary guys at the beginning. We've all, I was like, I don't know. Oh, the <laughs> first
2: time I ever invested in coaching, it took me a bottle of wine before I was able to hit submit. I mean, like <laughs> legit a whole bottle of wine. But I, the next day I woke up like, God, did I really buy that? And um, I did. So, <laughs> Your
1: story. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you so much Reed, for coming in and sharing with us all about how to get freelance clients and to keep them so that way we can actually turn them into those retainer clients. So that way we can just, if we want more people, we can get them. If we don't want them, we don't have to worry about it. So thank you so much for coming in on the show. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. I love it. And I love you. Yay!
0: (laughs) Bye! So I told you guys that this episode was jam-packed. Not only did we talk about how to raise your prices, how to find clients, we also talked about how to gracefully fire clients. So that way, they're not sad that you're dumping them and they're not going around and really crap-talking you to other entrepreneurs. They honestly feel like it was the best decision for you and them, and that's really what it is all about. So make sure, guys, that you head on over to breakupwithmyboss.com forward slash ccf i put a link in the show notes because i know i'm hard to understand and like i said hopefully next week
1: i'll be back in your ear holes sounding like my normal chubber self thank you for having inbox besties in your ear holes today why don't we make it a regular thing go ahead and slap that subscribe button now and for even more free value-soaked resources and a community of online entrepreneurs that actually get it head on over to katedoster.com forward slash group to unlock your free membership to the Super Friends secret Layer. And if you were one of my action takers listening over here on iTunes, thanks. Make sure that you leave a rating and review before you leave. I know it seems teeny tiny, but it makes a big world of difference in me being able to provide you with more dangerously practical tips and tricks for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits later days.